Welcome to the Heartbeat Podcast. It has been quite a ride this year um, with the podcast and real love stories. It's been really fun to have these interviews. And this episode was actually recorded quite some time ago (laughs) and is just now getting to your ears. This was recorded in September and it is now December. (laughs) Um, Lots of personal shifts going on in my life, took some space for myself. And I no longer have an editing team, so it's just your boy, me, and I'm just going to upload this intro with a unedited version of this podcast episode because it doesn't need to be edited. Um, this is the Burtons. They have an amazing story and give a lot of awesome advice. They're just really down-to-earth people from having tons of kids to moving across the country and how they were able to make their relationship last. They also had a pretty turbulent or interesting, I guess you could say, start to their relationship. And you know, one thing that I really love about real love stories and interviewing these couples is what I learned in the process, but more specifically how some of the quote unquote rules (laughs) or things that you would see maybe posted on Instagram uh, words of advice, the couples that I've been interviewing, it would go against that and they've still made it work, you know? And I think in, in reflection of that, I really just want to say, and from my own understanding, and I'm going to continue to do research here, but I'm just like, man, there really are no rules to this. There's no, uh, blanket statement that you can say on how to make it work because each person is unique and each couple is unique. And I just really love learning from these stories and these people because we also don't get a chance to hear how do you make it work except maybe at weddings, right? Uh, I don't even know if people do that anymore. Ask the older generation for advice. I remember I was a kid and um, at a wedding and that happened and it really stuck with me that probably seeded what you now know as real love stories. But I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Again, the Burtons are amazing. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at the heart guy. There should be much more coming in 2023 that I'm really excited about. Let's dive in. There you are. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no worries. I was just saying, I love how y'all were like, yeah, I don't know what this is, but yeah, we're here. This no, is the willingness yes. to dive in, you know? Sure. He was telling us about relationship stuff and life yeah. improvement stuff and uh, trying to trying to get it right. That's or it. Do that. Right. And that's what this show is about. So I have been a relationship coach for about five years and realize that, you know, I'm still young. And so I can read books and learn about the things and have my own experience and help people. But at the end of the day, it's like, what about the people that are doing it, have done it, you know, and I want to highlight the y'all stories. And really it's, it's fun for me to do, but also so many people are like, this is such an amazing idea. Just interviewing couples who've been together for decades and still in love with each other. Because I think the narrative is uh, so much focused on drama or breakups and uh, and other things, especially in mainstream. Um, but there's not not much like this that I found, and um, my viewers really love it. So here we are. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, before we dive in, how long have y'all been together? Married. 
24 years together. 26. 26 and a half. And then I was chasing her for about a year and a half before that. And so she was, I was Got in the friends. He was a, he was a friend. Oh, well, let's, <laughs> let's just dive in. Okay. Tell me about that. How did y'all meet? Like, what was that situation like in the beginning? Uh, we met my freshman year in high school. He was a junior. I was invited to like a church youth night thing, uh, yeah. by a friend of mine and he was there and I met him there. <laughs> Indeed. I, and I, um, uh, I mean, in the real telling, the retelling, it's, uh, it gets better and better. But I remember like in the moment when I met her in the hallway, like the sun was coming through these big glass windows and she was in this like yellow romper and just was glowing, you know, like, you know, anyway, yeah. it was a good moment. Um, yeah. So we met then, um, and became friends and I always thought she was cute and awesome. Um, and, and vice versa. Right. No but she thought it was awesome. And we, we did, we, we became best friends really, um, you know, quickly. through just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we were doing the church youth group thing together. Um, we were like in theater arts classes together at high school, um, stuff like that. So just palling around and being homies. Um, but then I started crushing pretty hard and trying to get her to go out with me. Um, she was like, you're my best friend. You are my best friends and two friends, you know, all that classic <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> I don't want to mess that up. And so then the way I tell it is uh, my senior year around Christmas, uh, I started dating this college girl and uh, somehow things started to change. I don't know if it was jealousy. Or, jealousy, for sure. Uh, yeah. He wasn't paying <laughs> like, very yep. much attention to me anymore. Yeah. And and, I didn't like that. <laughs> but that didn't last very long. And then, uh, I mean, as soon as that girl broke up with me, I was like, I've noticed more attention coming. So I, I came in moping like the Monday after that happened, uh, after this chick broke up with me. And she was like, what happened? And I was like, uh, whatever her name was, broke up with me. And she was like, oh, and I was like, uh, you want to go to the movies on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> like immediately was just like, yeah, so right you want to date me? And I was like, <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. What was that moment for you, I guess, when you noticed that like, he wasn't paying as much attention to you? Um, yeah, just, yeah. it was weird because I, you know, he had dated other people. I had dated other people, whatever, in the meantime. And the, for, for whatever reason, I had started to kind of have feelings for him. And then that really just, but I wasn't sure, you know, it was like, he's my best friend. You know, I just, I don't want to, I don't want it to be a relationship that then ends Mm -hmm. all of it you know like mm -hmm. if, it, if it doesn't work out then I'm losing this and I don't know if I want to deal with that um but mm -hmm. yeah I started to to have those feelings for him and then he started dating this girl and I just was like oh no what have I done like what did I miss my chance like what if he falls in love with this girl and I and so I, I just knew like if they don't work out I'm gonna go for it and and of course he asked me right away. <laughs> yeah, just give a beat. How, how long was it of a time was it when y'all met and then that first date with the, just to get context? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, and then yeah. been together and then been together now or married, you said 24 years. Yeah. We uh -huh. just had our anniversary in July. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And that's a lot of life to be living together. 
Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to just hear more about your story. Like what was it like in the beginning, any rough times they all had and how did you work through it? Sure. Well, we, um, I mean, the dating period, I should say we were, there was some on again, off again mm -hmm. stuff, um, some breakups, but then always getting back together. Um, and then our first year being married and living together, because we basically, you know, went, she was, had turned 18 two weeks before we got married, you yeah. know, and graduated high I school. I graduated high school, what, beginning of June, mm -hmm. and then turned 18 in July, mm -hmm. and then two weeks later, we got married. So, like, wow. there was never, like, living together, kind of, we just, like, we're all of a sudden, we're married, we're together 24 hours a day. And I still live <laughs> with my parents, you know, I was, I was only mm -hmm. 20 and was mm -hmm. still living with my parents going to school. Mm -hmm. um, you know, still both in the same, our little town outside of Boston. And, um, and so, yeah, we hadn't, I mean, I had lived with brothers and she'd lived with her sister and mom, you know, I mean like family life, but, but never, never roommates with or with a yeah. right, significant. Wow. So y'all, yeah, y'all got together young. Yeah. And Married. like, so let's go. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. <laughs> so that on and on again, off again season, like what kept you in it and like holding on to hope or what was it looking in hindsight like what was it actually that was being worked out well i'll say you always have a good answer for this but to me one of the important things i mentioned like relationship wise and thinking about kind of what gets in your head when you're deciding am i sticking with this person or whatever you know we were young and i think a lot of people think uh well you know there are preconceptions about that also and being young thinking about getting married and well, you go to college and then you get married and you do this or that. But I mean, I think we both knew early on, like, this is my person, but I had in my head things coming in going, well, this is the kind of person that I want to marry. I'm we're young, you know, mm -hmm. even though I, those were the doubts that would come up, you know? Uh, so he always did the dumping. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my bad. Sorry. Just under the bus. <laughs> yes. just like you had an ideal of what you thought it was going to look like and that was yeah certainly well and I was letting you know cultural norms or you know whatever like the the stuff that was and stuff you know uh baggage from our how we grew up or how I grew up in the in the faith that I follow which is you know not all bad there's certain stuff that I love and believe you know but then obviously being in the South in a certain type of church, there's certain things that come up, you know, and, and we had trouble reconciling, or I did sometimes with the stuff I was doing that didn't fit that norm. And those became doubts. Those gave me doubt about, oh, this isn't my soul, you know, this isn't the person I want to marry, but she's like, this is the person I would like to marry, you know, um, or anyway, but with the, I'm making that confusing, but, uh, which is what I'm, I, my mother says the men in our family have a polluted stream of consciousness. So, um, anyway, I, I, hope that makes, I hope that makes sense, but it's, so there were, I knew, I mean, I think we both knew we were mad about each other and, mm. and ready to, to make that a lifetime commitment. But at that age and with things, there were pressures from the outside mm -hmm. that made it mm -hmm. seem not right. And I think that's important to voice in hindsight. Mm -hmm. 
uh, about that on and again. Was that with like family pressure of like, you're too young or nothing, nothing spoken directly to me, you know, just what I, you know, what you come up with, what you brought, brought up with. And yeah. Right. We were too young. That's not normal. Like, how can we be sure we're not even adults really yet? Like, you know, all that kind of thing. I always knew, and I've never really cared much about what other people think or want me to do so (laughs) so I was always sure I was like you're the one and that's it and so even when he'd break up with me like I understood you know why he wanted to or whatever like it was it was mostly just like I think we need to spend some time apart and see so he can figure out like he needed space to figure out like is this what he really wanted whatever and was that how you were was that how you were taking it or was that what was said Oh, I mean, I was taking it that way. I don't remember what he said. Because yeah, because like you had very strong conviction of like, yeah, it's my person. He just needs some space. He'll come back around. Like that's right. their attitude towards it. So awesome. yeah, and I. That's why. I mean, I just never, I never gave up. There, there was one breakup that lasted longer than yeah. I, uh, I thought it would, and that was that was really hard. There at the end, I thought, well, maybe he really isn't gonna come back to me but, but that's also the, that's also the one that really solidified that right and then you dated that other dude and I right that's yes. when, and then I saw you with that other dude and we just and my whole lost life exploded like, I was like, like no. oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah right? so the jealousy bit that, that I, got both of y'all yeah 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 I guess for jealous people <laughs> I have I have to fix this because this suitcase above my head and then you have such a nice background and we're just hitting, oh, hiding, yeah. the, hiding from the children. Just, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> keep them just from get that suitcase off my head. If that's it's all, all right. good. How many kids y'all have? We have seven kids. What? Yes. yes. This is new information to me. Y'all seem like kids yourself, like just your energy. It's so awesome. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. That's what? a lot of <laughs> lotions, the lotions and creams. <laughs> I'm 44. Okay. Uh, are we saying how old are the kids? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was the range of the kids. Well, you come out with it. I'm 42. But <laughs> um, our oldest are twins and they're 22. Uh, and then we have a 20. Well, he'll be 21 on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, our daughter is 19. And then we have an 18 year old, a 13 year old and an 11 year old. That's awesome. And that's one girl in the middle. She's the, that's why she said our daughter. It's all that's yes. boys, it's and all boys, boys and one girl. Wow, what a dynamic! That's got to be a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that fun. the plan, or like was that the plan? Like y'all wanted a lot of kids. It, when we started dating, she was like, "No kids ever." No. No, I didn't. She wow. Didn't, she didn't like kids. And then it it didn't take long. She was till she you felt like well maybe we'll adopt and me I was just being a you know 18 19 20 year old dude so I was just like I like you you're hot you know so um, (laughs) So whatever I want (laughs) but I come from a I come from big family you know on both sides and um so we were it didn't it it changed drastically and then uh once we got married uh, about six months into being married um we just both kind of independently started feeling um in our spirits you know just like spiritually 
uh, which led to conversations that we just wanted to let, I mean, to be honest, let God be in control what, uh, mm-hmm. of, of what happened with side. the kids. But in other words, wow. you know, just let, let it happen as nature would, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. So that was <laughs> a whole, it's been quite a process. And then, you know, and then suddenly she was pregnant with twins and it was. Uh, it was like, well, okay, I guess we're getting started with a bang. Was a, yeah. a setup. Let's go. Set up. <laughs> yeah. So what has that been like, um, like really being parents and also maintaining y'all's connection? That is hard. Yes. It's not anymore that they're all older, but mm. I mean, the maintaining, but kids, kids change everything in a relationship, in a relationship. And if mm-hmm. you don't intentionally stay connected, mm-hmm. you won't yeah. because there's always distraction. There's always other things to do. So we just always made a point to like, no matter yeah. what, no matter what's going on with the kids, like this relationship is the priority because if they don't have stable parents, if we don't have a stable relationship, if the home isn't stable, then what are we giving our kids anyway? Mm -hmm. So we just have always, that's been super important to us to to focus on each other. I think it's fair to say that some of, you know, that came naturally to us. Like some of it wasn't intentional from the beginning. Um, But that's something we discuss with, with parents a lot. Um, you know, when we're having those kind of discussions is what we've seen as important, well, or what you notice from us on the other side of the coin is a lot of times the first kid comes along or whatever, and one or the other of the parents, that becomes their whole focus and world. And, mm-hmm. and that, like, you're, like we're talking about that, the marital relationship, you know, or the, the, the relationship that led to this kid starts to slip, you know, from being the main thing that holds it all together, you know, and that can create resentment between people or, you know, somebody, I would just, you know, uh, I'm not an eighth kid, (laughs) but but I want all of her attention, you know, and, and the attention that we give to the kids is, is, uh, equal, but different, you know, I mean, it's, it's the most amazing kind of love, you know, that you have a kid comes along and you go, and then another kid happens or you have two at once and you go, how are we going to love two kids? <laughs> and you, you know, a lot of parents, we have that conversation with people like, well, I have two of this third one, you know, or am I going to love my second kid as much? You know, it's amazing our capacity to love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, I feel very blessed and fortunate that we've, you know, managed to keep our thing, the main thing. Um, it seems yeah, like it was all the stuff the you said. I just repeated what you said. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like y'all did that from the beginning too. Yeah, like really sure. consciously like made that an effort. What did that tact like practically look like? Uh, I did mean, just kind of <clears throat> what? It, like, what did it look like in the beginning, and then like, did it change over time? Well. Can you hold your thought yeah. since I'm having one then I'll forget it. Um, I, well, like I said, I, I mean, I think part of it was a natural inclination on our part. Like, I'm not sure how conscious we were of that idea in the beginning, but we had those first five kids with twins at the top within five years. So when number five was born, the twins were not yet five years old. 
And so part of what that did kind of was to me naturally forced us to just be in constant communication with each other, you know, and then you're just outnumbered. So you're a team, not against the other kids, you know, not against the kids, but. But, but not, no, you've, no single one of us could have done that no. alone. Like we needed each other so much. And that, that definitely forced us to, you know, uh, be, be focused on what we're talking on, on that connection between the two of us. And, you know, it creates so many things. You have to be so tender, you know, your heart's got to be, uh, open for, for when we go to the first sonogram, you know, when she's first pregnant and the, the technician goes, Oh, well it's twins. And I jump and, and go, what? You know, just a big smile. And she panicked, you know, I started mm-hmm. crying, just started crying. <laughs> yeah. Panic's not the right word, but no, you know, I panic, but was, I was crying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then that led to the next few months of, you know, how are we going to be parents to two kids? Not to mention one, um, all of those things forced us to communicate a lot. We're always, we always just talk about how much communication to our kids and their relationships, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to other people too, just the communication is so, so important. You have to do it all the time. You have to be honest about it. Yeah. Say what you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apologize. <laughs> yes. Apologize a lot. Uh, you know, um, so I, I think for me, that was a lot of it was the kids helping to shape us into a unit uh, all of us together, but that we've got to lead that unit. Yeah. You know, um, um, I also want to say is we were very fortunate to have a lot of family, supportive, loving family close by who would watch the kids so we could have a date night, you know, so we could still have time together. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of families out there who don't have that support network or the money to pay a sitter or whatever. Yeah, like, we didn't have that for sure. We didn't have money, but we had parents yeah. who helped so much. Yeah. And so even if even if they took the kids and we went to the park and walked around together or whatever, yeah. like we weren't always spending money, but we were spending time together. And um so it was just a huge blessing to have the family around us to help. Yeah, but. yeah for sure. It's awesome. I'm sure there's people listening that, you know, are probably struggling with one kid or two um, in this dynamic of maybe being newly married or in the relationship with each other. I mean, we're kind of like talking a little bit about it, but what advice or wisdom would you give to them of, you know, they're, they're in that similar situation or really maybe their relationship is somewhat, um, they're losing closeness with their partner because of, you know, all the, the attention going to the kid or whatever. Sure. Um, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I think that's a normal place to be. And it doesn't matter if it's one kid or if it's seven or anywhere in between or what. Kids change things. It doesn't matter how many, they change things. And, um, and it's just, it's a decision you make to, to just realign yourselves together. Mm-hmm. Like, just because it's slipping away doesn't mean it has to keep slipping. Sit down with your partner and have a conversation and just say, like, this is how I would love for us to be. This is what I envision. If I could have any, if our family could look anyway, this is what I would want. 
what do you think about that? What would you like? Mm -hmm. And just start there and see what your visions are separately and then see how you can start to make that happen. I think um, something we've been, I've been thinking about a lot and we've discussed lately too. I mean, I'm just, a, you know, I'm a dude, a goofy musician going through life, you know, just a dumb dude who I don't, I don't know if she's, I just feel like she's way more in touch with her thoughts and needs. And I kind of re go, I'm not reacting to things, but I don't express well what I'm feeling. But anyway, um, I think part of what, uh, is important in all of that are things is a relationship slipping or or you know or you're struggling with whether it's kids or uh, you know coping with new jobs or um or a big move a big or, move oh man yeah all that one. um yeah um <laughs> is um we is just continuing to try and try to be aware of each other in our first year of marriage, um, I think, you know, it's it probably one of the two toughest parts of our life, like more so than when the kids came along and things, um, was just learning to live with each other and coming from two pretty dissimilar backgrounds, like family structure wise, you know, I, my parents have been together 55 years, um, and she had a single mom. So, you know, growing up, I mean, most of the time. Yeah. And you know, there just wasn't a father figure in her life or really just a man that was around proving um, that they were going to be there for her. And so in our first year of marriage, and, you, you know, correct me where I'm, this is not, you know, I know we're talking about like some archetypes and stuff, but, but it was, there wasn't, aside from her mom, there wasn't somebody just proving themselves to her as a rock, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in our first year of marriage, there were lots of nights where we were up till three in the four in the morning, just laying in bed because I had said some dumb thing or, or we had just an argument that had become, begun and she would just be laying, facing the other way and I would be saying, what's wrong? And she would just say, nothing, it's okay, nothing. And um, for whatever reason, I, you know, I kind of, I definitely believe the don't let the sun go down on your anger kind of thing, you know, fix it before you sleep, don't let resentment grow. And um, that was something natural in me and from the way I was brought up. And so I would just keep pressing night after night. I mean, it was, it feels like it happened a lot. It feels like it was all the um, time. Or we'd be in the car and there would have been an argument in the car and she's just looking out the window. And, you know, that was a beautiful natural sign of her. I don't know how to look at you and deal with you or this situation. And my inclination was to prove to her, I'm, I want to know what's wrong. I want to fix it all of that stuff. And, uh, sorry, uh, I'm so glad it worked out that way. Um, mm. so we moved here to Spain six years ago and the, our first year here felt like that year in a lot of ways. There were just, mm. your brain just explodes with the move, with worrying about the kids, with all of the things, uh, with roles that get changed because I took up on, I, you know, my Spanish came along faster. So I was doing more of the school things and, and stuff that was normally her role. I'm talking a lot, but it felt like that first year where there were lots of moments where we kind of went back, um, maybe not exactly to me being there for her or whatever, but where there was just tension 
Mm. And we didn't know how to fix it or, or express it. And thank God we had the years coming up to that, but it was, it just always back to communication again, you know, even when you're exhausted and your head hurts from trying to learn a new language, not going to bed, uh, before you've said, how do we get to not just, um, an impasse and say, well, it is what it is, but some type of resolution that lets you say, I love you. I know we're exhausted. Let's, let's cuddle and go to sleep. Like, I love you. I love you back. I don't even know what's wrong with me, but tomorrow we're going to get up and, and do it again together. Uh, that sort of thing. Now I've lost my, I don't even know where that began. From. <laughs> no, Advice <sorry>. for uh, <laughs> yeah. people. But that thing, pers- pursuing pursuing each other. I could have just said, you just got to keep pursuing each other. Just there you go. Just cut all the rest. Edit see. the rest out. <laughs> no, the rest keep, was perfect. You have to keep pursuing each other, putting mm-hmm. the other person first. And if both people do that, then you're both first in the relationship. The relationship is You first. each get what you want. And the other person feels like they're loved and cherished yeah which you both want also so yes (laughs) that's awesome so the move seemed to shake a lot of stuff up for y'all how how uh far off was that like how long ago six years ago okay yeah Yeah, from austin we'd never lived outside of of the central texas area of a 20 mile radius of (laughs) you know the austin Mm -hmm. area Mm -hmm. so it was big um but it it was very cool natural progression how we came to the decision um definitely a spiritual thing for us but it was Mm -hmm. we weren't running away from our lives like we were we i mean seven kids five kids when we started out and then the two others came along we were never not broke um for the first 10 15 15 years of being married you know almost 15 because our 15th anniversary we finally had a honeymoon that's right oh wow yeah so but we you know the kids came along so we just went to work and became entrepreneurs I mean we worked a lot of different jobs and and stuff and then decided you know finally I kind of forced gumped my way into working for myself um and we've always done music on the side or as part of the income all that stuff so around the 15th year we started to really get you know, got our debts paid off and get our financial thing in order. And thank God, you know, stuff just started to happen for us, you know, you know, a business took off and, and that kind of stuff. And, and so our life in Austin, you know, it was always great, but then became pretty freaking awesome. Like we were running four businesses. We were playing gigs five nights a week, um, making money, doing all of that. Um, but the kids were getting older, they were getting more extracurricular activities. So the family, the, the family union that we were when there was no money and all we could do was just be at home and change diapers started to slip and she became a taxi driver and I became the guy going into work and out of work. And, you know, um, yeah, we had just kind of lost touch with each other as a family. And he and I both agreed, like, that's not okay with us. We only have a few years left before the oldest start, you know, moving off and, like what can we do to bring us back together for these next few years and we just uh, somehow ended up with an international move (laughs) yeah so it was you know we weren't running away from that and it wasn't 
you know, some of that talk was, well, why don't we just move back into Austin proper out of the suburbs so that there's less of this commute, you know, let, not these two and three hours a day being burned driving. Mm. Um, so, but in the end, I mean, Valencia, Spain won out uh, and it was kind of a two year journey just deciding what is this? We were feeling this change on the horizon that led to the discussions about, well, yeah, we want family time back. How can we do that? Um, and then just a ton of stuff fell into place to even make it possible mm-hmm. um, to, to make this move. So um, that was, that was awesome. Yep. And then we, so our house sold in three days. We, you oh, know, yeah. like, we had to move in with his parents for like parents a month. For a month. <laughs> we were still waiting. We still didn't know if our visas were approved yeah. to move to oh, Spain wow, and suddenly yeah. our house is sold. <laughs> we're like, um, <laughs> I hope this works out because now we're homeless. <laughs> no, and then you get to the point, you know, we got to a point where, which this happens often, but the visa hasn't been approved, but you've already either booked flights or you, you know, mm-hmm. we sold 99% of everything we owned. I mean, we came to Spain oh. with 10 bags mm. and, um, at one point, the discussion was, well, the visas aren't approved. I guess we're just going no matter what, and we'll try to finish working out the visas from over there. And, um, you know, just all these big, huge decisions, heady things, lots of stress. We, you sold everything. Your right. kids. We, what if this doesn't work out? Our kids are going to hate us, you yeah. know, whatever. All these, all the thoughts that parents think through. And I'm just trying to, I will <laughs> never forget the nine of us just in a big, snot bubble cry in our living room the house that they really we had lived in the eight years you know yeah and our just, youngest two kids were born in were born that house and, wow. and we're it's empty and we're walking out for the last time and we just all stood in a big huddle and just cried we have this dumb song that we sing and we it's just sang dumb. it and it's a wonderful it's not song. dumb it's wonderful and, uh, <laughs> i was like we're walking out the door after that kind of bittersweet cry and i'm going have i have we just ruined everything you know, did we leave mm. suburbia and they're going to ruin their lives by taking them to Spain and they're all going to be bullied and blah, blah, blah. And none of that happened. It's all been wonderful, you know, but uh, hard, but great, hard, but great. <laughs> so that was six years ago. Um, the Our oldest, the twins were turning 17 when we got here. So they had junior and senior year left, which was part of why leaving was so important because, you know, nobody wants to leave their senior year. Yeah, so they we, were willing to go their junior year, but had yeah. <laughs> it were, taken longer, they probably would not. Yeah, we sold them well on it. They were into it, um, and we got over here, and it, it was good. And then they started graduating. They did some university here, and now we have three that are living back in Austin, um, and four that are still here with us. So, so that's been also a new change. Yeah, so, how's that been? Uh, it all happened in what last year so the beginning of la- the end of last summer our three boys moved out wait last no. summer? two years ago, two years ago. <laughs> our um the first one. our third son not the twins but the the next one mm-hmm. he graduated high school in 2020 not the best year to have yeah. a graduation experience um and he kind of just had been frustrated with school and yeah. decided he wanted to just work and so he started looking for a job and something opened up in Austin hmm. and kind of like over the course of three days, it happened. Like wow. he got a job offer. We booked a flight and three days later, I took him to Texas yeah. to move him back into Austin. So, um, so it was hmm. really abrupt yes. and 
very hard emotionally. <laughs> I cried. I cried regularly for several months <laughs> because <laughs> he was the first one to to move out, which that in itself was like a surprise because he's mm-hmm. not the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it happened so fast, and you know, you kind of when the twins graduated high school, I thought, okay, they might they might go back to Texas for university. They have only been in Spain for two years, you know? Um, and so I w- was kind of preparing for them to decide to leave and then they decided to stay and do university in Spain. So wow. I kind of, and Carter, um, our, our third son that did move out um, first, he, he hadn't really talked to us very much about what he wanted to do. He was trying to take the university exams and, um, you know, talking about university, but not talking about university in the States. And then he kind of just decided, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to work. I want to move back to Texas. And so it's just, it was quick. It was very quick, very quick and hard, but, um, but I mean, we're super proud of him and he's doing great and all of that, but just, you know, the first one that leaves the nest is kind of, you it's don't also, you don't know what it's going to be like and you don't know how to prepare yeah. yourself and so it's hard but but they also you know he paved the way for the other one so then what happened was the, the following summer last summer uh we were going for a visit our first post-pandemic you know some of our kids hadn't been hadn't seen their grandparents in since 2018 years so wow so we go back and one of our one of the twins had decided to stay and work as well and uh do university online stuff and we get to Texas and his twin brother goes, well, I'm going to stay too. <laughs> so then, so yeah, we were like, so that <laughs> was sudden. And, and then, you didn't pack your bag. No, <laughs> so, and then we got back to Valencia after that summer trip, leaving him there. And our daughter went off to university in a, a town, a, an hour and a half away from from us. So mm. we went from eight of us in the house to five. And that was from not, you know, so in one, like a three week period. And so, (laughs) wow, it just really changed the dynamic of we're cooking too much food. And (laughs) that was, that was one of the hardest adjustments. I keep cooking too much. (laughs) But it's also been cool because it's, you know, the younger three kids, it gave us more time with them and to, Mm -hmm. you know, our relationship with them has changed. So that's Mm -hmm. been really interesting. But, it was almost like an empty nest, like learning about empty nest syndrome while you still have kids at home because yeah. of so many but, Yeah, wow. Um, and I think, you know, that just makes me think that's taught us about relationships in general, you know, whether it's a friendship or a marriage or whatever, it's always changing. You are changing as a person. Your desires change. You might take a new job, um, move somewhere else. And when you do it as a couple, you just, you got to have those conversations and, and try to like, for me, it means trying to think about what I'm feeling so that I can express it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm kind of a go with the flow guy, even keel, which works great in our partnership because I help, you know, go, well, you know, we've been through something like that or, or it'll be okay. Um, but then I get to points where I'm broken down or I got, you know, very depressed there in the, the pandemic, you know, during our lockdown here, which was interminably long, you know, like so long. Mm. And um, she, she helped me get through that, you know, and, and then there are times when a kid moves out and she cries 
sporadically, even to this day now, you know, it's like, my kids don't live here. So Uh-oh. I'm just trying to say we're a power couple. And um, <laughs> <laughs> you are. I but love it, uh, We do, but I mean, it is true that we really complement each other well. Mm. And to have the history that we have over the course of our adult life, having grown up together, created all this mess and beauty together is uh man i want that for my kids i want it for other people i know that i don't i don't mean to say that that means everyone should get married when they're younger or have a bunch of kids or or what move to another country but (laughs) but man i hope i you know if i if we could put it in a jar and say here smell this Uh, or drink it or whatever <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever kind of jar you've got I could, yeah. it is what we have is really awesome and i think people can have it i hope mm. for people that they get it have it on that let's describe the aroma <laughs> what do y'all <laughs> what do y'all love about each other and what is it that you love so much about your relationship what you've created together just if y'all want to take turns sharing like what what it is that is makes it so awesome Oh, dang. Well, she's really good looking. So good looking. So maybe not in this lighting, but uh, the down, I no, have my moment. The, the downlight. <laughs> yeah, I got a shiny forehead. But, um, she, one of, now we joke about this because sometimes, you know, it causes issues, but she is a doer. Like she's, she's ready to get things done. I just act. I just mama act. Seth so and you gotta, obviously. You got it. Obviously, <laughs> sometimes that's trouble. I am. A, <laughs> let's think about this. What's the process that we're going to do to mm. land at this end thing? And and uh, so for me, uh, she's helped me to learn. Sometimes there are times that you just got to take action, you know, or just go for it and and work it out in the sauce as you as you're building the sauce. Yes. So I love that about her. I love. Well, just, we'll just go on, back and forth. On that note, he reminds me to especially if it's something important, I need to take a minute. <laughs> like, just slow down. It'll all get done. But think about what's the best way to go about this or whatever. Yeah. So that's, I need that. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, you have been, she's an incredible mother, even though she, and she doesn't think she is. So that makes it even better because she tries so hard. Um, but just, you know, has learned, has taught herself how to cook. You know, we all her love her cooking, but she grew up on, you know, spaghetti and ketchup. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm airing dirty laundry. He's not wrong. But, um. <laughs> you know, I mean, those things and, and her patience with us, whereas, you know, my mom is amazing. And so I grew up never, I never, I didn't even know how to fold clothes. I couldn't make macaroni and cheese. And we got together and and she has uh, helped me become better about you know not being a lazy slug um you always want to help though i do he's so great because he works hard and he wants to be a good partner he's a team player mm-hmm. i that's something i also need to work on <laughs> i want to do it and i want to do it my way and not have to consult anyone else <laughs> But he's, he is always, has always been like, how can I help? Like, tell me what to do. Now I've had to learn how to delegate and tell him what I need and tell him what, 
you know, like, you know, that's something that's part of communication, working on like expressing your own needs because you can't expect them to be mind readers. But like, but he's always been, had a willing heart. He's a servant and wants to be a good partner. He's a great dad. And he, I mean, the twins, I had a C-section and he, they were bottle fed because I couldn't make the milk for two babies. <laughs> um, and so he would take turns. It was an equal mm-hmm. partnership, even from the very beginning with I like babies, to say that like, I changed the first 500 diapers because you were <laughs> he, he took, I mean, he would have to carry the baby to me and put it in my arms and, you know, like I couldn't get up and walk or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, very good helper. Thanks. <laughs> I also just... Uh, can't not mention her talent. I mean, this just seems like there's nothing she's not good at. Um, I mean, there's stuff she's not good at, but I can't think of any. But just being able to like, that we've gotten to make music together for 26 years. I mean, um, and great. yeah, I mean, that has been wow. cool. And also, I mean, that's certainly something that has helped solidify or, you know, just that it's another thing that we've done together all this right. time, but she's, you know, plays saxophone, sings, dances, like, you know, when we had a cover band and so we're doing, we're the front people singing and we're both dancing together and that's fun. And, um, you know, when I do my <clears throat> like solo roots rock kind of shows, she, uh, you know, will learn a new instrument, you know, learn stuff on the keyboard, which is really isn't her instrument or learn how to play the shakers or percussion to fill out the sound and, you know, and I, just, I always have a terrible attitude about it at first. But you do it. But you do it. <laughs> but I do it because I'm a doer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I, I just oh. love y'all's love. This is y'all like seriously. It, you, hey. I well, feel like y'all have kept the the teenage spirit in it, really, is what it seems. At least it's what I'm seeing, you know, y'all so that, now. And that's okay. a good point. And um on that note, teenage love or whatever, or, or romance and intimacy. So hoping that, you know, we can hide this part from our kids or our parents or whatever is that, I mean, I also love about her that. We really, we both realize physical intimacy is important in a relationship. You said that in a way less crass <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, I, I could see, I could see what was going on in there and I thought I'd step in. I was gonna say like, you know, we'd be doing it a lot. <laughs> so on, on the on the jar analogy what tips do you have for people you know you were like if, if i could just help other people or even my kids like get to close to what we have what wisdom sure. do you have let's just kind of like advice tips uh speak to either singles or couples sure i think um just to kind of touch back on something you said uh, earlier was uh, life is always changing. We're always changing. Every person you know is changing and relationships have to evolve and they have to continue to change together. And you either change together or you change apart. And when you commit yourself to somebody, you have to be committed to changing together. And, and most of that is just communicating. Most of that is just letting the other person know 
I, this is how I'm feeling now. And then accepting from the other person, accepting like, okay, you're allowed to change that way. You're allowed to feel that way. Mm. And I still love you. And how can I support you? And how can we continue to make us work as we're both changing? Um, I would just, I noticed that I have a water over here and no, I just like, I keep drinking water and then you don't have it. It's impossible to reach for you. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with all of that more. I think, um, personal integrity is important. Like each of you as a person, you need to be, well, I mean, we just can't, life's going to get tough if you don't develop some type of integrity of your own. Um, and then, so, and then trying to make the integrity of your coupleness, um, through the, the communication and, and, um, that stuff, you know, always just trying to do, you know, be there to do better, to be honest. Um, I think for us too, the, the commitment, you know, we went into this thing. Um, one of the beautiful things of our faith background is that, you know, marriage is a commitment and it's a life and you should, you know, that you're going to tr- go into it saying there's not an option for backing out of this. Um, now, you know, certain things, you know, terrible, terrible situations, notwithstanding, but, you know, um, we went in saying, this is it, you and me, and we'll, we're going to make it work. And we stuck with that commitment as well. Um, you know, integrity, honesty, humility, um, as you are growing and changing, as you know, kids come along or you're, you know, something in your life changes and you decide, do this thing that I grew up believing is, you know, part of who my, I've built my worldview on is starting to change. And how do I cope with that? You do that together. And if there's a diversion between the two, you know, you got to talk about it. And I think if you do it with that commitment in mind, you end up seeing eye to eye. You don't, you know, whether you vote one way and your partner votes the other way or you want your kid to play baseball and I, you know, your partner wants him to play soccer or whatever, you know, keep looking for that common ground um, and communicating about it and, and, uh, and then int- intimacy um, in all forms of that word. I mean, we touched on it and we joked about it, but I mean, uh, sexual intimacy, intimacy in your communication, which is what I was talking about. You know, I mean, that stuff's important. Um, we, in our lives have kind of ended up counseling at times, friends of ours who've gone through stuff. Um, I gotta say, man, the, you know, the temptations that are around us from the outside, whether it's physical or digital, um, trying to work really hard all the time to fight against those things and just keep your eye on your partner is vital. Um, I don't think in the same way that it, it works with money as well, like, uh, the, you know, a hidden trip, hiding what you're spending on, you know, hidden target bags in the glove box or, or I buy a guitar and don't tell you about it or what, you know, like whatever is not, 
cool. You have to be intimate. Every, you need to know what's going on with each other. And um, that includes in the bedroom and it includes with your money. Uh, and emotionally and, and emotions. mentally, like just being, being willing to be vulnerable is hard for most people. But like, if you can't be vulnerable with your spouse and tell them, I did this, or I thought about this, or I'm feeling this way, or I'm really struggling with this right now. Like, if you can't tell them, mm. if you can't trust your spouse with that, then there's there's a problem. Like, and maybe get counseling if you're already married, you know, <laughs> let's fix that. But, but that being willing to be vulnerable and honest and you know, just open and tender and, you know, we've, we've, it's not always fun energy laughing, you know, like, I mean, it mostly is these days, um, cause we've come through a lot, a lot and, of <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I mean, most of our marriage has been yeah. wonderful and easy, but we've had hard times too. And we've had to come to each other and say, right. you know, uh, I actually did used to hide my shopping from him and uh, a little bit very early on. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, or just whatever I'm feeling, I'm not feeling seen anymore by you. And I, I need, I need that because I want to keep this strong. I don't want to be wondering, you know, <laughs> yeah. so like, but you have to say it. You have to be willing to say it and know that the other person loves you and is going to receive it. And I think, and being willing to receive that from the other person and being willing to be, what's the word? Not forgiving, but just understanding and tender to the mm -hmm. other person and just realizing that we're all humans. We're all, we're all tempted. We all mess up. We all you know, yeah. make bad choices sometimes and, you know, but if you can love and trust the other person enough to talk with them about it, then you can get through anything. Yeah, the intentionality of that and, uh, and being honest with yourself, trying to pay attention to what you're doing, what you're taking in, like we're all in this digital world, trying to be careful of, am I addicted to Instagram or, or my phone or, or whatever, you know, trying to, that is all, for me, you know, that's been a progression of learning those things as we go. That's why I bring up temptation or whatever, just in, intentional about, it's just so easy these days to have something roll across your phone that whether it's sexual in nature or makes you want to jump on the home shopping network right. to just buy show my age, whatever, you know, like those shop. things, you know, what are you feeding into you? You know, what, what are you letting come across your vision that's going to distract you from the important thing? being intentional and trying to be honest with yourself about it. I love this. Thank you all we so much. We talked too much. No, you, this was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to cut it there at the end, just on that. Cool. Okay. Um, seriously, thank you all so much. I'm just going to stop oh, the man. recording so it's not like super long for my editing team.